0: looking forward to a great time in our adult sunday school class this morning we got a new series of lessons we're starting on today we're going to start on our uh, lessons from our old testament uh, icons learn from what god gave us in the law the law is our schoolmaster to bring us unto christ a lot of good Examples in the word of God of the great leaders of the Old Testament. If you um, are looking for success, you're looking for being able to accomplish things, you want to know how to get things done, you want to know what the answers are, then you want to study people that have accomplished things, learn how they accomplished things, learn how they found the answers and take advantage of their fears and their successes a lot of times as we look and we see things in life that didn't work right we're able to determine that if we would have studied more on that situation we could have learned that others have had that same failure and how that they learned to be successful and not ha- have that problem and so The Word of God is a great and wonderful tool in life to give us more peace and joy in our life because as we study the Word of God and we see where the traps are, how people have been entrapped, how people have made mistakes, how people have been pulled down by sin and get the ingredients from the Word of God to be victorious, how to fight those battles and win, our life is enriched. Our life has a lot higher quality and we're able to accomplish things part of our life is spent cleaning up our messes it really is uh, there's just things that we do that makes a mess somebody made a comment this morning as they looked at the new popcorn machine back there that that's going to be a mess to clean up and they were correct it it creates a mess, that's the reason why that everywhere you go doesn't have a popcorn machine giving out free popcorn is because most people don't want to clean up the mess that it makes. And so it makes it a a specialty item, it makes it something unique because it does create a mess. And it created a whole new industry called microwave popcorn because it pops the corn with relatively no mess even though it's a different quality they've made great strides in making it very very close so there are all types of messes that we get into in life all types of things that are a problem and we spend time cleaning them up um i mean you think about it one of the reasons that you like to go out and eat at a restaurant is because you don't have to clean up the mess. You don't have any mess to clean up. You, When you get done eating, you just walk out the door and go about your business. Because let's face it, a lot of times you get a lot better meal when you cook it yourself at home, don't you, Art? But we have all kinds of life issues. We have things that we want to do. And we don't want to spend our day off cleaning up the mess. We want to spend our day off going fishing. We want to spend our day off going shopping. We want to spend our day off working on our hobby. We want to spend our day off with friends and family. Are we got a honeydew that we've got to do. There's oil that needs to be changed in the car. There's grass that needs to be mowed. All of these things play into the equation Uh, As a result, and so we're willing to pay somebody else to clean up the mess for us. Well, there are some messes in life other people just can't clean up for you. There's some things in life that you are the one that's got to fix it. You've got to take care of it. Um, So let's go here to the book of Genesis, chapter 6, on page number 2. Our beginning text we want to take a look here genesis chapter 6 verse number 13 and god said unto noah sometimes we just read things and don't realize how big a deal they are that statement there in genesis 6 and 13 is a pretty big deal Because God was speaking unto Noah. Now, in one sense, God speaks to every one of us every day. But not like he was speaking to Noah here. The way he was speaking to Noah was a very, very special way that God was speaking into his world. And if we are listening, we will hear a lot more from God than the people that are not listening. Because when the sun comes up in the morning, God is speaking to us. He really is. When the rain falls and the wind blows like the little storm we had last night, God is speaking unto us. And there are times that we have God moments. And you're going to hear me say that because I want you to Have that as a part of your vocabulary, God moments, to realize that as you're working with people, that events that happen sometimes in their life are God moments. And this lesson today is a lot about a God moment, because it's a time when God is basically laying down the law. He has come and he is bringing an absolute into this person's universe and he is saying this is your waterloo what you do from here is irreversible and there's some things we do in our life that are irreversible we just cannot undo that Once it's done, it's done. So they are the God moments when God speaks into people's life. And at this point, they make a choice whether or how they are going to respond to God speaking into their world. And God is a merciful God. And and many times, He is a God that loves to lead us he loves to guide us he loves to show us the way his tender mercies are there and he deals with man but when god puts an absolute down it's not up for negotiation what god told nicodemus and uh it's very very interesting you know nicodemus just wasn't the -the run-of-the-mill politician to come by to see jesus uh he was very very influential But what God told him was not negotiable. He told Nicodemus, you must be born again in order to see the kingdom of God. If you want in on this deal, here are the requirements. And we're used to that in life. There's a lot of deals that have certain requirements. And... We've got Carl here and got Andrew here. And they realize that if they want that college diploma, there are some requirements. They didn't walk into East Central and say, now I want a college diploma, and I'm only going to pay $200 for it, and I want it next week. Now y'all either take it or leave it. There may be some people that say that, but they ain't none of the people at the college going to take that. They are the ones that are giving out the deal. And unfortunately, sometimes they change the deal in the middle of the water on you, don't they? But here is the deal. And if you want what we got, here's how you're going to have to go about it. Here's what you're going to have to do. And it's going to cost you more than just your money. They, Yes, they want your money. And so God has a deal that he is bringing forth to mankind. And there is the call that's going forth. So God will speak into our worlds in many, many different ways. But there are times that God brings the deal down. He, he just lays down the law. And this is what he's doing to Noah. He's telling Noah what the deal is. Verse 13. The end of all flesh is come before me, for the earth is filled with violence through them, and behold, I will destroy them with the earth. Make thee an ark of gopher wood. Room shalt thou make in the ark, and shall pitch it within and without with pitch. And this is the fashion which thou shalt make it, the length of the ark shall be 300 cubits, the breadth of it 50 cubits, and the height of it 30 cubits. A window shalt thou make to the ark, and in a cubit shalt thou finish it above, and the door of the ark shalt thou set in the side thereof, with lower second and third stories shalt thou make it. Verse 17, And behold, I, even I, do bring a flood of waters into the earth to destroy all flesh, wherein... Is the breath of life from under heaven and everything that is in the earth shall die. So God laid out the deal here of what was required for mankind to be saved from the destruction. Do you think that ark would have floated if he'd have made it out of white pine? He told him, make it out of gopher wood. And Noah here really didn't understand why God wanted him to build a boat. It makes perfect sense to us now. We're looking in hindsight. We can see that the rain come down. Noah had never seen the rain come down it had never rained so he didn't know nobody in noah's universe around him believed his message except his family and in my books noah was a success He really really was he was a success because he heard the voice of god he loved his family the reason i know his family he loved them is because his family listened to them and he had trained his family in the right way that they would hear what he had to say and he had credibility with them because of the relationship that he had and they were a part of what he had so the rest of the world around him thought he was crazy. No one believed that the world was going to be destroyed by water. They believed there was going to be these type of problems there. And so Noah had to listen to the word of God and to be obedient. And this was a long-term commitment. It wasn't something that he did one day and it was over. It was a long-term commitment. Matthew 24 here, verse 37. As the days of Noah were, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. For as in the days that were before the flood, they were eating and drinking, marrying and giving in marriage, until the day that Noah entered into the ark, And knew not until the flood came and took them all away, so shall also the coming of the Son of Man be. So Jesus here was giving us a charge. He was giving us a warning that our world was going to see the same things happen again as it had had happened before. That it was not new things that were going to fly up. Uh, The nature of mankind was going to be the same. And we look at our world today. There is still a lot of emphasis on uh, entertainment and pleasure in our world today. Eating and drinking. And then he talks about marrying and giving in marriage. We, we live in a world where marriage is cheap. Marriage doesn't have any value. Marriage doesn't mean anything. And as a result of it, uh, people are going in and out of relationships right and left. This is what was happening. Uh, And the sad thing, it says, and they knew not until the flood came. This is not an indictment that Noah didn't preach the message. Noah built the ark, and they walked by the ark, but they didn't believe him. You think if those people, if any of them would have believed that there really, really was going to be a flood, that they would have said, no, I'm not going on the ark. I'm going to take my chances with dog paddling. Really, Right? they would have got involved in the process of helping create a place of deliverance now here's something else that we see in our world today we see a lot of people in our world today that they really don't believe in it but they've got just enough doubt that there might be something to it that they kind of try to what the old saying used to be hedge their bets they 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 come up with a plausible way of escape they come up with something that they can use to justify what they were doing i would imagine there were several people in noah's day that built them nice little schooner boats Why are you building that schooner boat? Oh, we're going to go down to the Nile one of these days and go fishing. But in the back of their mind, they were saying, well, just in case this nut has got something, I'll have me a boat and I'll be all right. My schooner boat, hey, it's made out of solid oak. It's going to float a lot better than that gopher wood. I didn't use any of that sorry, sticky, smelly old pitch. I got genuine silicone in the cracks now. I tell you I got something that's gonna last. That arc gets way, 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 way too big. And taking that many animals? Why well, I tell you I t- all I need is a fishing pole and a box of worms. I'll be all right. So in our world today, we see those around that they don't really want to live for God. But they go to church on Christmas and Easter just to make sure that if there really, really is anything to this God business, at the last moment, they'll be able to grab a hold of the train as it leaves the station. I don't want to bust anybody's bubble, but I don't see much in the Word of God telling us that deathbed repentance is God's idea of a church ministry. God is looking for people to live for Him, not die. At the last moment, trying to grab a hold of a free ticket. Now I know God is merciful. and But I want to tell you something. I, I, I have seen a few people in life, okay? Let's just put it that way. As a minister of the gospel. The Bible talked about Esau. And it makes the statement that he found no place of repentance, even though he sought it bitterly with tears. It didn't say God wouldn't forgive him. That's not what it said. It said he didn't find a place of repentance. Even though he was terribly upset about it, he cried. He was remorseful. He felt guilt. And I've I've seen this in life. I've seen people that have played with God. They've tried to hold on to the church bus while they were out here dipping in the world with everything that they had in their life. And I haven't seen them find peace on their deathbed with God. I just haven't seen it happen. I don't feel good about their passing at all. I really don't. And I've seen those that have lived for God their life and dedicated their life to God and did what the Scripture has to say. And when it came their time to pass over, when it came their time to die, I've seen the peace of God in their life. And they were ready to go. They were ready to go meet Jesus. They said, this is what I've lived for all my life. And now the time has come. I've am fought a good fight. I'm, I'm ready to go. So... The last days, we're going to see all these things happening. Why did Noah do it? Hebrews 11 and 7. By faith, Noah, being warned of God of the things not seen as yet, moved with fear, prepared an ark to the saving of his house, by the which he condemned the world and became heirs of the righteousness, which is by faith. In order to hear a warning, you're going to have to be tuned in. They give warnings on the weather radios, don't they? But if you're not tuned in to the right frequency, if you're not powered up, and you even got to have your volume turned up, you get your volume low enough on there that warning will come on. They'll be a you'll never hear it. To hear the warning. Our world today is being rocked to sleep with the cares of this life. They're, they're so involved in the sensationalism of the world. And why are evil men and seducers waxing worse and worse? Why are we seeing the perversion? Why are we seeing all these problems? Because it's like drugs. It's like all the other stuff. It takes more to get the shock factor. It takes more to, to affect them. Hey, you know, what was it back in the 1900s, the shock factor was the women showing their ankles. <laughs> um, today, we're seeing more and more, you know the modern terminology is wordbro malfunction no it ain't it's shock factor it is planned shock factor (laughs) trying to get people's attention to get their name out there all the sin all the perversion that goes with it It takes more and more in order to accomplish what used to be there And after a while, mankind realizes that these things that they, they really don't satisfy. They they really are not beneficial like that we need. So Noah was warned of God. He moved with fear. He believed that God was going to do what he said he was going to do. When we believe something, it brings action in our life. Fear, respect, ever how you want to take it yes god loves us and yes the the love of god is the greatest motivation to keep us going Uh, and we don't want to live under a fear factor in our life because we realize that perfect love does what it casts out all fear so when we get the complete love of god in our life we're not living under the fear factor that is there we're living under the love factor we're realizing that God has done this for our good, not to harm us. And we no longer have to worry about the harming factor because we're in relationship with God and it's no longer a part of the equation. be honest with you, I don't stay up late at night wondering whether I'm going to burn in hell or not. It's not a concern. It's, It's not there. Do I believe that God will execute judgment on the unrighteous yes i do it's going to be terrible and horrible but i have found the love of god in my life and so the things that i worry about a lot is trying to find the way to carry out the will of god in this earth how do i reach out to people how do i how do i bring the uh, the love of god to them and i realize that a lot of them i've got to start with the fear of god in their life I've got to let them I've got to let them know that God has a call that he's calling in your life. He's calling you to repentance. Cause if you don't hear the call, then you're going to face the judgment of God. Did Noah face the judgment of God? No. Why did why wasn't Noah judged? With all the rest of the world. Because he heard and heeded the call. He heard what the word of the Lord was calling him to do and he obeyed it. And so, yes, Noah did have fear. He prepared an ark to the saving of his household. And it was the faith that was in him that carried him through. Because he got to a point in a place where the fear, I'm sure, wasn't better anymore for him. After he'd been working on that ark for 20 years, he was dead tired and half broke. He was moving over into the faith realm. Because it had been a long time since he had heard from God. He hadn't seen nothing happen. But the relationship he had with his creator that he knew that he was the hope. He was a part of it. He was an heir. He was the one that was going to receive the good things from God. 1 Peter chapter 3 which sometimes were disobedient when once the long-suffering of God waited in the days of Noah while the ark was a-preparing, wherein few that his eight souls were saved by water. So, as the Scripture tells us, because the judgments of God are not executed speedily, it's in the hearts and souls of mankind to do evil. We see those that have convinced themselves they're going to get away with it. They've convinced themselves that this is all right. Um, but he tells us in verse 21, the life figure whereinto even baptism also now saves us. Not the putting away of the filth of the flesh. It's not the fact that God uh, wants you to have a public bath. That's That's not what he's looking for. But it is... The answer of a good conscience towards God. A good conscience. The fact that you have made things right with God. You've made a, you've entered into a covenant with God. You've entered into an agreement with God. You have accepted the deal that God made. And that's the problem. Our world isn't accepting God's deal. They're trying to create a new deal. They're trying to negotiate a deal and a lot of them are trying to deceive people into believing that this is the deal that God made. You know, you, you can hear the old saying sometimes, it's probably outdated, but now but I can get it for you wholesale. There's people in the religious racket trying to sell wholesale religion. Come over here. That's the reason we got 39 different churches in town is because you've got people that are looking for a cheaper deal in religion. Right. Right. And so finally they find somebody that will twist it and turn it so well God will accept you if you are a and you fill in the deal. If you're an alcoholic, God'll you you can go to church here. If you're an adulteress, you can go to church here and still be saved. If you are Somewhere within us, somewhere we need a realization that we don't need a religion that fits us. We need a religion that is truth. I don't want to be deceived. I want to know the truth. And the truth is going to hurt sometimes. And the truth is going to rub me the wrong way sometimes. Because I am living in a carnal nature. I have within me that that old Adam and Eve spirit. I got some Canaan in in there somewhere, and you go on down the list. There's that nature within me, and there's going to have to be some wars, and there's going to have to be some battles, and there's some things that are going to have to be killed out. But I want to be in a place where the truth is being preached because I need to be saved. And one of the things that has kind of went around and around in my spiritual universe this week that we've got to realize is that we want to have an environment in our church house that even though if people are not living the truth, they're not obeying the truth, and there's a lot of them that may not know the truth, but we still want them to feel loved in the house of God, and we want them coming to the house of God. 'Cause they're never ever going to be saved if they don't hear the truth. Right. And if they don't make it the church, they're not going to hear the truth. Right. You you put it the XYZs in, you put in the denominal broadcast companies, they're not proclaiming the truth. They're not giving them the truth at Walmart. They're not having the truth down at McDonald's. They don't proclaim the truth out on the beach somewhere. It's not being broadcast on, you put in the radio station. The truth is not being broadcast. And so the church has to be a place that loves people, that people can feel the love of God, and that the truth is being preached and proclaimed, but yet people are able to come and allow God to do the work on them. In the book of Ephesians, when Paul is talking to the church there and he talks about the five-fold ministry that's put into the church, he says all of this is put in there. Does he say all of this is put in there because the church is full of perfect people? And We realize and understand, I hope, that the word perfect that we're looking at in this context is the word complete. And in our life, lots of things are complete at the particular season or the particular stage that they're at. I'm sure Brother Van's back there a lot of times in his electrical business that he's working at that they say the rough end electrical is complete. But that don't mean the people are ready to move in and live there, does it? Far from it. Far from it. But that particular stage of the job, and there's probably an inspection that has to come before you can move on. So they complete it because once you move past that place, if there is a mistake, if there is a problem, it's going to be very difficult for them to detect it, ain't it? You look into that house, and once that sheetrock goes up on the wall. It's going to be pretty rough to tell if there's bare wires hanging out inside that wall. We need to inspect all that wiring and say, this wiring is complete. We're ready to move on to the next phase. No, we're not ready to move in. No, that person may not be ready to be a pastor of a church yet. They may not be ready to be a Sunday school teacher yet. But God is working in their life In this phase, in that phase, in that phase. And somewhere the church has got to realize that our doors have to be open to anyone that is breathing, that is seeking after God. And I really, there are times that we get people through here that haven't even realized that they need to seek after God. Now, I know the church house is not to be a habitation of devils. Don't get me wrong. We don't want this to to be a place where evil spirits are comfortable. That's not the goal of the church, and that's not what is going to happen. That's not what is going to be in it. But we're going to have people here that are having a work done on their life and they are completing the stages as they go and we need to applaud we need to congratulate we need to encourage people at every stage of their spiritual development every part of their walk with God some jobs take longer than other jobs Believe it or not, some people work slower than other people. And there's advantages and disadvantages to that. I've seen some people that could work real fast, but when they got done, they didn't have anything done that you would want anything to do with. They've created a mess real fast. And I've seen people that have taken a long time but when they got done with something, it was really good. But somewhere in that, the church needs balance. Because we realize we, we don't have 100 years to tell our children about Jesus. We're living in a world and all the evil influences are there. We've, we've got to get the message. We've got to get the gospel to them. So, we know that the church is a place where people are coming through it and God is calling to these people. And you're going to encounter, you're going to come across people, you're going to work with people in your life and God is reaching out to them and God is dealing on them because it is a call before His judgment is proclaimed. They're at their God moment. It's... It's time for them to do something. They either do something or there is consequences that are going to come as a result of that in their life. And so may God give us more discernment. May God give us more understanding that uh, we reach out to people. And it's unfortunate. There are times that there is going to be only one shot that the church has in getting the gospel to somebody's heart. They're only going to come and sit down on our pews one time. If God doesn't get a hold of their heart. And I don't want to be so consumed with things that don't matter. That somebody could come and sit down on my pew. And I don't show them the love that they need. So that they'd want to come back. I mean you think about it. All of us have been to places and we really have had some very negative feelings. We we've we've we felt that the people didn't want us to be there in certain cases. We were an inconvenience to them. They had other plans, and we were messing up their plans. We've had places where that people came by. And we felt like they judged us, and we didn't meet up to their standards, so they didn't want us there. And then. All of us have been to places where we felt like people just said, Well, you know, we're needing some kindling. We're, we're, we're needing something to use. We're, we're, we're needing, you know. And they just wanted us for what they could get out of us, but they sure didn't want to give us anything. May this group that God has put together, may God continue to deal on us. May God continue to help us to be a place that has the true love of God That is here and we realize that we are called to be a servant. We are called to reach out and to give something to people that is there. And we have. Many different things that we can give. to people. But may God give us the wisdom and the knowledge so that we give them what they need at the moment. Nicodemus, when he came to Jesus, he did not need for God to explain to him what the greatest commandment was. Nicodemus already knew the Shema. He already believed that, Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God is one Lord. He didn't need that. Nicodemus didn't need God to speak into his world and to tell him, Hey, you you are going to have to have a good family relationship in life in order to have your dreams fulfilled. You need to love your wife and love your children and work hard. What Nicodemus needed to hear was what the plan was going to be for mankind to be in relationship with God. He just needed the bare facts of the deal. It was his God moment. Was he going to take the new deal or leave it? He knew what the old deal was. God was bringing in a new deal. And he was so fortunate he got a glimpse into that deal in our lives. let me venture off into these waters for just a moment and if you don't understand what i'm saying here just let it ride and there'll be a day and a time you'll hear it and you'll understand it okay um i'm slicing some t-bone steak here right now so um just if you can eat it eat it if not just smell it and say it smells good We have the call that God puts on our life to bring us into salvation, to bring us into a knowledge of God. But there's also a call that comes forth from God because God has confidence in us that we can do something greater and something more. You look at the Apostle Paul in the Bible, and God had a call upon him. And it was his choosing whether or not he was going to accept the call of God to be the apostles to the Gentile God will call us into greater ministry God will call us into greater commitments with him and we can take advantage of those things There's a lot of times that when God is trying to call us to step up a little farther, God is calling us to get closer to him. God is calling us. And let's face the facts. Anytime God has a call upon your life, he is looking for greater commitments. It's going to require more of your time and more of your money and more of your resources. So that call that comes from God. There's the benefits, there's the blessings that come as a result of it. Could someone else besides Noah have built the ark? God gave him the plans. He was just the will and vessel. And many times when God puts a call upon our life, we can get in trouble when we begin to try to second-guess God and try to say, well, I'm not qualified to do this. Let me tell you something. If God calls you to do something, He is going to equip you, and He is also going to facilitate you. And so... After the call comes, sometimes and we accept the call of God, we can get in trouble there because we are not going as fast as we feel like we should go. We're not seeing everything fall in place. How long did Noah work on the ark? Sure was longer than two weeks. Just because God has a call upon your life for a particular minister, ministry, a particular thing, the vision that God gives us here, God is going to build a church in the city of Seminole. Do we have where we're going? No, we don't have where we're going. We're still in a storefront. We're not going to be here always. We're going to have a church building one day. Amen. We're we're going to have the things that we need facilitate the gospel we're, we're going to have a family life center with 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 a gymnasium in it where our, our kids can go in a safe empli- environment and play and have fun and have a fellowship hall and, and we'll have a kitchen in the church we'll have all those things god will facilitate we're the ones to answer the call and to reach out and take the first step and look and see when God provides another step for us to go. Don't do us any good to kick on the wall until the door opens up. Knock, yes, and it shall be open. Pray and seek God's face. Ask God to lead us and guide us. I'm sure there were times that the Noah probably took an extended vacation while he was building that ark. He was just tired of gopher wood. He was just tired of pitch. He was just tired of building monkey pens. He was just tired of trying to figure out how to channel out elephant droppings. And he probably sat there and scratched his head and says, Where in the world am I going to come up with a flying squirrel? You fill in the blank. What about them black panthers? Hmm. Were there any snakes on the ark? Polar bear. Yeah, that's a good one, ain't it? God gave him the plan and there was things that Noah couldn't do and God facilitated that. I don't know. But I doubt there was very many days that Noah went out into the woods and found the gopher tree already cut down and dressed and ready to haul. Could it have happened one time? Probably. I've had those type of things happen. I was I was so beat I couldn't cut another gopher tree down, but I needed one bad. And I said, well, I know where the gopher trees are. I'll just go look. Maybe I forgot one or something. He got to his place. And there in the wood was the nicest gopher beam he had ever seen. Just cut to the right size and ready to go. In all of this, may God give us the strength to look around us and see our brothers and sisters as they're walking after the call of God that's on their life that we could be a blessing and an encouragement to them that we could have a word that was fitly spoken it would be as leaves of gold this week I I was reading after some of the ministers and They were talking about a particular hero of the faith in the uh, 40s and 50s in Pentecost. They said there was one thing about this particular preacher of the gospel that he would tell to those that wanted to know about his love for God and his passion for God and how to be a success as a minister of the gospel. He would look at those young preachers and he say, one of the things you need to realize and one of the things you need to practice is that you would not allow anybody to out-gentleman you. That you would be a gentleman. That you would be kind and gracious and mannerly regardless of what situation you found yourself in. I don't think you have to practice being a jerk. For most people I've seen in life, it just comes real natural. But to be a gentleman, to be someone that is kind and considered and, and gracious regardless of the situation... When God reaches down to try to use us in life, there is a process that he is working on. And one of the things that God has to work on in our life is our temper. Because we will never, ever be an effective minister of the gospel if we do not have control of our temper. Because if people can make you angry, then they can control you. If the devil can make you angry, then he can control your life. See, I don't understand that, Pastor. How in the world can somebody make me? How can somebody control me? Well, it's real simple. If if I can look at Fred over here, and any time I tell Fred that his mama's ugly and wears combat boots, and it makes him want to start hitting me. Then any time I want Fred to be mad and start hitting on people, I just tell him his mama's ugly and she wears combat boots. I've got a switch that I can flip, and just like a yo-yo, Fred can be having a wonderful day, and I can say I can take care of that. Flip the switch, and suddenly Fred is angry and fighting. I've got a control over it. May God give us the strength that, yes, we realize there's truth. We realize there's absolutes. And we're going to stand for those things. And we're, we're going to be there. But we are going to speak the truth and love in our life. And we are going to be in possession of our emotions that are around us. Because one of the dangers is that when you get angry, you say things that you regret later. When you become angry, you say things that hurt people rather than help them. And one of the the other things that's closely attached to that is that another one of the terrible conditions that we have to be very, very cautious of is that when people are hurting, they don't think right. They say things that are hurtful. They, they are trying to cut their losses. They're, they're trying to rally the wagons. They're trying to get control of their universe in any way that they can. They're hurting. And so when you are in a position that you feel like you're in control of things... There can be a lot of little things out of place and it won't bug you because you're in control. When I need to, I can put this in place. When I need to, I can flip that and everything will be all right. It doesn't matter that these little things are not where they need to be right now because I can take care of that whenever I need to. I know how to fix that problem. I know how to control that situation. when you feel like that there's no hope for what's going on around you, when you feel like that this is fixing to totally fall apart, then you're desperate to fix anything and everything that you've got to get. Whatever you can do, you've got to do it, and you've got to do it right now because you may not have time later. May we have that faith and that confidence in God that God is in control. God is in charge. God has a plan for our life. When God gives us the call, let us walk in it. Let us preach and proclaim the message of God. Let us believe the word of God in our world. And in closing this morning, It was on a Sunday morning a new family coming to the house of God two young men came with them first time into the house of God they stood out into the aisle after the preaching but they wouldn't come to the altar God dealed on the ministry we went and we laid hands and Tried to pray with these young men. We didn't really know at that moment that that was their God moment, but it was. Within two weeks, one of those young men had cut the other one's head off. One was dead and one of them was going into incarceration for the rest of their life. May we as the church have a love for people, a love for truth, and a love for the gospel. No matter what is happening, may we be doing the job that God has brought us to do. Because that may be their only chance to hear the word of God. I don't want to stand before God on judgment day and have the blood of someone else dripping off my hand. I was too interested in having a church that was up on the latest fashions to deal with someone that was from the other side of the tracks. I didn't really feel like they would make any contribution, so I... They were in a total different generation, so I couldn't connect with them. No, no excuse is going to matter. There are people. They're human beings. They need the love of God. They need somebody. But when the call of God comes in their life, that person will be a friend to them to help them obey what the word of the Lord is. Can we stand together? Let's pray this morning. Dear God, you see each and every one of us. Oh, God, we have a desire today, Lord, to draw nigh to thee, God. We know the call is going forth, Lord. Hearts and souls and lives all around us need the gospel in their life. God.